0: The volume.
1: The 3 Now podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out podcast, little mailbag edition. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire right into those direct messages and get your question answered here on the show. That is this entire show. Literally just answering DMs. At John Middlecoff, Instagram, fire in those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. But first, can I tell you about my friends at TurtleBox? How about this, baby? This is the loudest and most portable, waterproof Bluetooth speaker on the market. It features, here's the key, ultra long battery life. So you got this bad boy barbecuing, playing golf at the pool, might be cooling down where you're at, inside, hanging out, you want some tunes. That's where my friends at TurtleBox comes in, and here's the best part. They have pro and collegiate team color combinations right now. Here's what you do. You go to TurtleBoxAudio.com, use the promo code John, that's J-O-H-N, get $20 off your first order, and as well as free shipping. Awesome thing for tailgating, backyards, swimming, the summers, the winters, you name it, TurtleBox is the best. Again, go to TurtleBoxAudio.com, enter the promo code J-O-H-N for $20 off your first order and free shipping. That's TurtleBoxAudio.com, promo code John, for the best outdoor speaker on the market. You know, I thought about, like, I'm just watching some college football, kind of dozing off. Yeah, I played golf really early in the morning, maybe had a few cocktails earlier. Uh, But then I did work out, and I was kind of tired. I'm like, do I really need to do this? I'm like, I got to do it. You say you're going to do something, and you do it. So we're doing the podcast. Start with uh, Eric Van. I don't want to screw up your last name. Welcome to Arizona, The Big Oven. Love the show. Never miss an episode. I have a question uh, about your theory on Daniel Jones. He is doing a serviceable serviceable job under Dable. However, throwing five touchdown passes all season won't get it done. What can the Giants do to increase that productivity at quarterback? Would love to sit down with you for lunch. If you have time, my treat. I'm in Goodyear, Arizona. Not even sure where that is. Uh, Yeah, you never know. Maybe we'll figure something out. I, I think uh, probably not. Though. Let's be real. The Daniel Jones thing is... It's hard when your quarterback is limited as a passer. Let's use Alex Smith as an example. Let's say he becomes 80 to 90% of what Alex Smith became. Best case scenario. Alex never was some dynamic passing quarterback. I think the most touchdowns he ever threw in a year was like 25%. i am guessing off the top of my head. But even if Daniel Jones hits, he's always going to probably be in like the mid-20s. But your talent at wide receiver isn't great. Like to me, you have to get more firepower on offense, right? Like when you've been good over the years, you've had impact wide receivers with Eli. When, when I was with the Eagles, it was Mario Manningham and Victor Cruz and Steve Smith until he, he got injured, and that's kind of Victor Cruz came out of nowhere. When I was in college, and you guys won a Super Bowl, it was Plaxico. And I think you have Jeremy Shockey. Uh, y- you know, you got to have you got to have weapons. So to me, part of the way to get the most out of, you know, a non-super dynamic talent is to put good weapons around them. So I think I, I give them props. They use their first two picks on, on on the trenches, right? A pass rusher and an offensive lineman. So I, I can never go against that philosophy because I think when all else fails, take an lineman, take a defensive lineman. O-linemen aren't always sexy, right? Everyone wants a wide receiver. Everyone wants a tight end. Linemen, D-linemen are more sexy because they sack the quarterback. So, like, you draft Kayvon, that's a sexier pick. But you got to eventually draft wide receivers and tight ends. And if you look at what they did in Buffalo, like, those two guys were part of trading for Stephon Dix. Those guys were there when Gabriel Davis was drafted, right? So, they, they've invested picks and hit on picks uh, when they were in Buffalo for skill guys, which I think is very, very important. Mailbag. Say Hackett and Brandon Staley are axed. Even if he can't pronounce Goodell, we know the Broncos' new owner is more high-level than Dean Spanos, but does that matter to Sean Payton? Herbert and less money versus Russell Wilson and Walmart air. I'll hang up and listen. Well, it's weird. Like, obviously money matters, but Sean Payton is filthy rich. I mean, filthy rich. He probably made $100 million the last six or seven years. John Payton has made a ton of money. Now, you can't... like His going rate is 15 to $20 million a year. But, like Dean Spanos, if you would give me 12 13 and give me more money to pay assistance, I'm sorry, I'm just not messing with Russell Wilson. One, weirdo. Two, declining asset. Justin Herbert is a rocket ship. Now, I've said over and over, even if they win nine or ten games... I just I don't see Dean Spanos doing it. I I, I just don't. He, he loves his frugality too much. I mean, it's, it means a lot to him. Though it's 100% the move. I I, I think if he fired Brandon Staley and was willing to like, because I think for Sean Payton it's less about making like a hundred million dollar contract and more, are we invested into the team? Now, and I'm not talking the players. Like, do I have top dollar to get my coordinators, to get coaches, to do everything I want to do? And if he said yes, it'd be a no brainer it would be one of the best jobs in the league. Because like, you know, most people say, jobs with quarterbacks do not come open. Looking back when the Packers came open, it was pretty unique. And let's face it, we were wrong. Most people thought Aaron Rodgers was kind of shot. Turns out a couple MVPs later, that was an elite job for Matt LaFleur. Now, is Matt LaFleur an elite coach? You know, I'm stupid enough. I might put some money on them against the the Bills, but they're not having a great season. Not totally his fault, but... Thoughts on NFL putting the Jags Bronco game exclusively on ESPN? Ocho, kidding. ESPN Plus. I completely agree with your take on Amazon Prime. Most people have that and the and the value that comes with it. But ESPN Plus is hot garbage and only broadcasts other bullshit that no one cares about. And I'm in no rush to give the mouse any more of my money that they already get. I think he means Mickey Mouse and Disney. Am I wrong to think that this will be a ratings bomb by NFL standards? Two bad teams early in the morning on a platform that most people don't have or really want. Seems like the perfect recipe. Well, here's where I will support this move. I supported the freak out of Amazon Prime saying, if you don't have Amazon Prime in 2022, like I, I can't relate to you. And, and I don't claim to be some just like coastal elitist here. Like we're all getting Amazon packages delivered all the time. And Prime that comes with it, obviously gives you free delivery. So I, I just do not know anyone, including my 70-year-old mother to 20-year-old kids in college, not messing with Amazon. So if you're not missing Amazon, I, I, I went on record, like most people think you're a complete whack job. Now this ESPN plus thing, like I have ESPN plus and you go, well, why do you have ESPN plus John? Well, because I like watching the PGA tour and I gamble on golf. And I like watching guys I gamble on, on Thursday and Friday. And because golf, unlike the NFL, most of their events aren't on TV all the time. Like they are Saturday, Sunday. And even during the week, it's only a couple hours on golf channel. I like watching when I want to watch and ESPN plus provided that for me. And obviously if you listen to this and you like fighting UFC, they have a deal with them. So you have it, but this is about getting more and more people to sign up. So, ESPN and Disney pay a lot of money, right, for Monday Night Football. And part of that deal, I would imagine, was one-off this year to do a game to basically force people to attempt to help their business out. Part of being a good business partner, and listen, I'm learning this as, as I age, is there's a give and take with stuff, right? Does ESPN, or excuse me, does the NFL ideally want this game behind a paywall? Probably not. But when ESPN paid for the Monday night football package, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I can't imagine it was a decent chunk of change. And they paid more money, right, to also get in the Super Bowl rotation, a big reason Joe Buck and Troy Aikman went to the network. Like, hey, you know, we're trying to improve our overall business as well. So this is an idea I'm sure broached by ESPN, not the NFL. And I understand it. And if you're the NFL, like, yeah, whatever. Like half the country, and and I know by statistics, I know more people technically live, I think on the East Coast and the West Coast. but listen, I live out here, so I represent us. I don't really watch much, if ever, of the Sunday morning game. Typically, it's a bad game. And for us on the West Coast, it starts at six thirty am. Now, yeah you know, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm Kobe Bryant or Tiger Woods here, getting up at four o'clock seven days a week. But I, I get up relatively early. But on Sunday, like I'm not getting up at 6 o'clock to watch two teams I don't really care about. So most of the time, I start that game around halftime. And usually, I go to the gym and just kind of have it on in the background. So you could argue that game, in general, is somewhat of a throwaway right to the overall consumer. Now, maybe if you're listening to this, you disagree with me. That's fine. I, I just think this is this is the game to do that move. And I think if you're the NFL... You give in on this game for this move. As a Broncos fan, I'll give Russell Wilson credit for one thing, relevancy. It would be absolutely be nice for some more positive storylines, but the fact you spend 10 to 20% of every podcast this season talking about the Broncos is a good thing. Is it the numerous primetime games that has you talking about the Broncos or did Wilson kick your dog or something? Well, I think it's pretty basic. Russell Wilson is one of the biggest stars in the NFL. He was a part of one of the biggest trades in the NFL. He's also directly correlated with one of the more famous coaches in the NFL, Pete Carroll, and an entire franchise in Seattle. So when you get a divorce, when two famous people get a divorce, like part of tracking how they go their separate ways is part of the conversation, especially in sports. When you leave a franchise and force your way out, as he did, he forced them to trade him. When you make that move, we judge what happens. And then when it gets really weird, as it has, we're going to talk about it. And now, I've always uh, thought Russell was a weird guy, so he's interesting to talk about. Because most quarterbacks, like, what am I really going to say about Justin Herbert, right? Or, like, Lamar Jackson. win or, like, ultimately, we just talk about the game. Like, with Russell... There is a curveball element to his story, and it's him the person. So why do we talk so much about Kyler Murray? I don't give a shit about the Arizona Cardinals, but he's interesting. He he just is. They made him put a clause in his contract to not play video games. That's unprecedented. You know, if, if he had been a normal guy and that never came up, we wouldn't talk about Kyler as much beside the player. Why do we talk so much lately about Tom Brady? He literally just got divorced from Giselle. So part of this conversation, like ultimately the NFL is a television show and their most famous actors are their quarterbacks. And the most famous, you know, the majority of those quarterbacks kind of have some weird things going on. Rodgers, Brady, Kyler, Russell, you know, they're just, they make more interesting stories than just Kirk Cousins threw for four touchdowns. Like, yeah, that's not like... That bores me. Uh, I hope he doesn't because I'm going to... Uh, actually, I don't think I'm going to... If you're listening to this on Sunday, bet on the Arizona Cardinals. Listen to your podcast right now about the Chiefs. And I wanted to let you know that McCole Hardiman is their fast man downfield. Please do not respect the Jet. I think because I said that the Chiefs have no deep threat. Yeah, I mean, I... Hardiman's a role, role player. You know, I, I, when I, when I was talking about the Chiefs change in offensive philosophy. Obviously Hardeman has elite speed. I would say more with the ball in his hand, but like compared to what they were with Tyree Hill, th- th- that was my point. I hear you what you're saying about Brady retiring off a bad year, but at this point he's lost everything, everything outside of football. So he's playing at this caliber. Why would he quit? Especially now that he's put all the stock in the sport. It seems like a double loss. If he retires after the season And loses his fan. I still think he's playing very well. Why not go to a team where he has a chance to win a ring? Although, I don't know who that would be. Dolphins? Niners? Here's my thing with Tom Brady. First on his family. I got in this argument with my girlfriend last night. Why do we assume that they were a happy couple? Why do we assume that he was a bad guy to Giselle? I'm not saying you are. That he just, everything over football and he was a bad family man. What if he just didn't like her that much anymore? What if she just didn't like him that much anymore? Guess what? That happens a lot. We just stop liking each other. And this notion that he lost his fam... No, he lost his wife, which maybe he wanted to lose. And again, I, I know I, I'm i not trying to be like uh, aggressive or abrasive in this conversation, but I, I just kind of see that out there. And maybe it's a conversation a lot of us have with our moms or with our girlfriends. Like, he lost his family. No, he's divorcing his wife. He no longer has to sleep in the same bed as Giselle, which... Let's put on the percentages. I would say above 50% chance he wanted. He didn't lose his kids, right? I mean, the, the, the way the rules work, especially with a guy like him, like he getting 50-50. She ain't getting any more time than him. So, no, you could argue that she lost her husband, you know? I, I just think this notion that they were like happily ever after, and maybe they were. I, I don't know, Tom. Never met the guy. But I would lean to say, and you know, I have a few birdies that might run in some circles that I don't that I I think it's maybe he's relieved. Like what if there's a chance and he's never going to say this because his wife's such a public figure and and listen, that's just an asshole thing to do. But what if he's relieved? Because most divorced people I know, the moment the divorce ends, that's what I would say. They're relieved that they don't have to deal with her anymore. And a lot of times it goes the other way too. She doesn't have to deal with him. But not because they lose their family, that their kids aren't going anywhere. I don't know. It just maybe maybe she's dragging him down. Like he's going to come back at forty six years old. Forty six years old. Now, like I said, I, I still think he can play at a pretty high level, but it, it does just kind of feel over at this point. Would be my take. Feels just kind of over. I just I've gotten so many arguments, and again, I'm not trying to come at you with your question, but like, you know, he gave up his family, did he? Uh, are we sure he did? No, he, he just, he got a divorce, you know? You think he's like not going to, you, you think his kids, like you think his boys, like, yeah, I want to go hang out with mom, not not Tom, right? <laughs> I bet they want to kick it with their dad. And I'm pretty sure by all accounts, it seemed like he was a good dad. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back If your first bet doesn't win, just sign up using the promo code Colin. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text Hope 467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside.
1: They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n. That's linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If there are three teams other than the Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles that you had to pick to win the Super Bowl, who would they be? Also, I saw your tweet. You were playing golf at True North. How did you do? A uh, little overpriced. Really nice course, but the price is in Arizona in the winter. It's like, Jesus Christ, like three to $400 to play golf. I mean, this isn't Augusta or Pebble Beach. Oh, my God. Uh, I would say three other teams... You know the NFC is hard, right? Like I'm not. I'm recording this before the Niners game. It's hard to put the Niners and the Rams in there, the Bucks and the Packers. You got to take take them out. The Cowboys, like I, I just I saw them play a playoff game last year at home against the Niners and get their ass kicked. So it's hard to put them. Uh, but their defense actually is playing pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I said like I guess if the Ravens figure some stuff out and their defense got better, that they, they could be. They could be tough, but they're going to have to go on the road to play Kansas City or Buffalo. So it's hard for me to pick the Ravens to beat one of those two teams on the road. I, I I would just, who would you pick to win the Super Bowl? I'd say Bills or Chiefs, you know? Because even the Eagles, like, I like their team a lot. But do you see Jalen Hurts beating Patrick Mahomes or, Jalen, or uh, Josh Allen? Hard to. Question. Do you think McVay would retire at the end of the season if the Rams can't get back on track? Same with Aaron Donald. Can't see them wanting to come back to a team that ends up going six and eleven or seven and ten. And here's the thing like let's say they did go seven and ten or six and eleven. Dan Campbell and the Lions have their pick. So if they had like the tenth pick, can you imagine if the Lions have like the first and the tenth pick? They Stan just gave them all a shitload of money. And like I I say it all the time about Sean Payton, like money isn't everything when choosing a job. But when you're at the job and you're getting paid an astronomical amount of funds, right? I mean, I I would guess Sean McVay makes about $15 million a year. Even I think he said in that, in the Ringer piece that I think, uh, or no, it was Wickersham's piece. He never envisioned early on in his life, like it would be this good. Like he is making so much money, even with the California crazy taxes. And Aaron Donald just got guaranteed like $28 million a year for the next three years. So if Aaron, unless your body gives up on you, like, bro, you're never going to make this much after you're done playing, unless you invest in the next Facebook or something. Like you only got a couple more years to make to rack up $60 million. I'd be stunned. Now, it wouldn't shock me if it both floated out that they'd be interested in retiring, but I, I just think they make a lot of money and they, they do still get to play SoFi Stadium. Like, I I, I I can't see it. Do you think we are finally seeing the success that Daniel Jones, because he has a first year in a while that he has a star running back uh, and actually being productive? I feel like Jones wasn't successful or successful because he is asked to do too much with Barkley awfully getting uh, too often getting hurt. This allows other teams to not worry about scheme for the running game and they know the Giants offense had to run through Daniel Jones. I always thought he was very talented, just didn't have the right pieces around him to stay healthy. Look at his receiving core also. Always getting injured. Obviously, Dave ball is changing things as well. Look what he did with Josh Allen. But I think it is more than just the coach. Well, I've said this before. I, my buddy that does that area that when Daniel Jones got drafted was a big fan. And I think a lot of people around the league like Daniel Jones. Because at the time he came out, Alex Smith's career just kind of ended. And I thought I think a lot of people in the league thought that was his comp. High-level guy. People like him. Kind of nerdy in terms of like really smart, very intellectual. Not the most physically gifted, but a really good athlete. Not that when I say physically gifted, like doesn't throw the ball, you know, like Rodgers or anything. But he's tall. Uh, He just had a lot to like. Now, six overall a lot to like. Probably not, but Alex Smith once upon a time went number one overall and went on to have like a seven years in the in his career that were pretty high level with Harbaugh and then Coach Reed. So I, I think a lot of people viewed that as the comp. But to make Alex Smith good, and I know we talked about him earlier, is you have to surround him. Like ultimately, you had to surround any quarterback. Like Josh Allen plays with Stephon Dix and Gabriel Davis now and Dawson Knox, and a good offensive line. Mahomes has had Kelsey, and Tyree Kill, and then they get him Juju, and they get him Pacheco, and they, like, you gotta, you can't, Tom Brady, you know, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Gronk, right, Brady Moss, like, you need help. Dion Lewis, he's had running backs, like, you need help. But, like, some guys can elevate others. The majority of guys need good talent around them, and good coaching. And that's where I think that, Daniel Jones really benefits. I think he's got really, really good coaching. And for the first year, he's got Saquon Barkley. And Saquon looks like a baller. Regarding the Browns, I've personally been very uncomfortable and opposed to the Watson move. Looking solely from a football perspective, the Browns seem screwed. They're in a win-now window based on contracts, but are nowhere near it. If you were the GM, what what do you do to make the most of the situation? Well, that's where I'd push back. Like, you're two and whatever, two and five, right? A bigger, I mean, Jacoby has blown multiple games. So your star quarterback, who, with it, I'm with you. I would not have made the trade. But if you just had Deshaun Watson, healthy, playing, you'd be above 500. You'd be a playoff team. Now, would you be a powerhouse like the Chiefs or the Bills? You know, probably not. But you would be a 10-11 win lock. It's why like I don't talk about the Browns that much. Like, What am I supposed to say? How do I even judge them? I know fans shit on Stefanski, and I don't watch every single snap of every Browns game, so I get it. Like, You can be critical of coaches in games, but he's coaching with his backup quarterback every single week. Now, if it's like, well, he doesn't run the ball enough with Chubb, yeah, I guess we can nitpick him, but... It's tough, man. I I think a lot of coaches in his position with Jacoby Brissett specifically would be in trouble. Now, if you want to crush them, like, should they have just traded for Jimmy Garoppolo and had Jimmy Garoppolo play this season? And then when Deshaun came back, they could have been 500 instead of Jacoby because they were pretty. They were too loyal to Jacoby. I'd, I'd agree with that. But also the the owner forced this trade on him. Hey, brother, appreciate the pod. Low-key, big fan base over here in small town, Florence, Oregon. Do you think Dallas truly has a chance to make a run even with our premier defense when Dak is our heel? Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you have a great defense, you have a chance to win playoff games. The 49ers won multiple playoff games last year with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Dak is a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo. But why'd they win? They ran the ball with Debo Samuel, and they played awesome defense. If you play awesome defense, you have a chance in any big game. If you're, you know, you have, if you're a playoff team and have an elite defense, you can win any playoff game, for sure. But the reason, like, the Cowboys lost that playoff game was, one, they just came out flat, and two, they had a million penalties. So, I think it's going to be on McCarthy. Like, are they more buttoned up in the big games? And that, to me, he always going to, like, you guys are going to the playoffs. To me, can you compete? What's it going to look like when you play the Eagles? Uh, with Dak? Uh... You know, how do you take advantage, like the more and more pressure grows, how you play in these big games matter. And right, you get the Eagles at home, so I think you're right in the mix. I'm a Vikings fan from Idaho. I was curious if there's any trades that we could make that really make us serious contenders. Aside from quarterback, I don't know where we could make drastic upgrades. We have decent head rushers, and I don't know that any other defensive position would make a huge difference. And the offense still hasn't quite hit its stride. But we're talking, we're stacking wins, which I know is crucial. Would you make a move like signing OBG, OBJ to give nat, uh, some national recognition as a top team? I think he missed DBs. I, why I would not pick you guys as a serious contender is because I don't think your corners are good enough. And in a league that you gotta like think about the teams you're gonna have to play, Eagles, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. I guess that would be the team. <laughs> you know, you, you can win your division without the DBs. You know. in... Actually, the NFC is pretty shitty. I'm just thinking off my top of my head. It's not like you're playing Lamar, Mahomes, and, uh, and Josh Allen. So, yeah. I mean, I do I think you can win? Maybe, maybe you could get to the NFC Championship game. But the thing is, in the NFL playoffs now, if you're not the w- number one seed, you do have to play multiple games. So, do I see Kirk Cousins winning multiple playoff games? That's where I, I'd have to pump the brakes. Could you win a playoff game? For sure. And I would say if the Vikings make the playoffs and win a playoff game especially if it's a home playoff game, that is a massive success. That's a very, very successful season. If you like, had a home playoff game, you beat like the Rams, and then you lost in the second round to the Cowboys or something, that, that's a fantastic year. Okay, last question. The interception Mac Jones threw to Brisker actually hit the Skycam wire mid-pass and nobody mentioned it. Is that reviewable? Shouldn't that be the kind of dead ball replay Kind of like when it hits Jerry's giant TV. I can't even speak. I would say, yeah, I I do think it's reviewable. If people had seen it hit the wire, I think it was hard to see the wires because at least from watching it on TV, which I would imagine 99.9% of people listening did that money. They weren't at the game. It was very dreary, foggy, rainy. I wonder if it was just hard to see if that's a sunny game and you could see, or even even, I know it was a night game. If that's a normal night game and it's clear skies, I wonder if it would have been clear. And yes, you would replay the down. You don't, you know, if it hits the wire, you you get a, you get a redo. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I've never seen that before. I guess it's probably hit the wire on a punt. Uh, but I've never seen a pass hit the wire. My question was, why would the wire be down the field? The way the offense is going right? That, that to me seems dumb. I wonder if the wire guy screwed up. Must have. Well, I think that'll call it the podcast. I got Illinois and Big Brett Bielema is about to be 7-1. and one. That guy can coach, man. He is... Some guys are just made for regions, right? Like, you watch some of the guys in the South, like Kirby Smart, just made to coach in the South. I know he's at Georgia and he's never going to leave, but, like, he could have coached, obviously, Alabama, LSU... Georgia, Florida, like he belongs down there. Then there's Brett Bielema, who kicked the ass at Wisconsin. Then he went to Arkansas, and it just never felt right. Now you could argue Arkansas is a hard job to win at; it is, but it was just it didn't go right. But then he goes to Illinois, who was I'd say a pretty big underachiever in my life. Another seven and one. I looked at their schedule today. I mean, beside Michigan, they don't play Ohio State in the regular season. It's not inconceivable that they go ten and two. Illinois is about to go ten and two. Bielema can coach, man. He he really can. And, and some guys just belong in certain regions. And Brett Bielema, to me just belongs in the Midwest. It just it just fits. And he's kicking ass and taking names. Adios. Have a good I guess have a good Sunday, and we'll talk soon. Peace. <laughs>